because I couldn't live up to that. Ah, our children are going downstairs today? The younger ones. You know who you are that are supposed to stay and those who are supposed to go. Father, we thank you for the next generation that's going to do exploits beyond what we know to do. That you'll fill them with your spirit in ways and measures that we've never even experienced. So bless them. Bless those who teach them. Amen. If you're supposed to go, then go. If you're supposed to stay, then I'll try to do something that keeps you awake. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Wow, that's it's like if, if we can't be excited and feel good about being here and worshiping Jesus together, then we probably need to stay here a little bit longer, work on a few things. What I have in mind to share today, um, the sermon you were going to get, you're going to get next week because I just felt like God said, let's talk about this a little bit today. Not long ago, I was just kind of feeling out of sync just kind of felt not quite all together. It wasn't bad. There weren't any particular things that were more off than others. I just didn't feel quite in sync. I didn't know what to talk to God about. Maybe you've had that time where you go, well, here I am, and now what? I was kind of, I just don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to pray for. Now, there's always things to pray for. There's always things to talk about. But when I spend time with God, I want to do more than just pray. I want to connect. And I didn't feel like I was connecting very much. So when I can't connect, I try to find somewhere that will help me get there. And the 23rd Psalm is a place that I go to often to get started. I don't maybe end there, but I start there. I've memorized the whole psalm. I can go to any part of it. But I said, okay, I'm going to read it and see if something jumps off the paper a little bit different or something like that. Well, not paper. It's electronic now. But something that will show up a little bit different. So I'm reading the Lord is my shepherd. You know, and all I'm reading that. It just didn't really happen. I didn't get engaged. I read the stuff. I liked it okay, but I didn't engage. So I kept reading. I read Psalm 24. Psalm 24 is good. I've memorized four or five verses out of Psalm 24. It's generally helpful. But I still didn't get any rhema connection. Rhema connection is the now word that God wants to say right at the moment. And I didn't get that. Because that's what I want to do in my relationship with God. And that's what I want to do in relationship with people. I have worked really, really hard to learn how to do chat. Hi, how you doing today? Okay, well, good. What's going on? How are you doing? How's work? How's your kids? How's, you know, whatever. I've worked like really hard to get there because that's not what really resonates in me. My choice would be one person for 20 minutes rather than 20 persons for one minute. I want to connect, and I want to do that with God. So I read Psalm 24, didn't feel the connection. So I go, hey, I'm going to keep trying, because it's going to be there, because God's always got something to say, right? He always wants to talk to us. He's a good dad. He always 
wants to. So I read Psalm 25 and Psalm 26. And I get to Psalm 27. I'm reading, and it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. And they're like, yeah, and, and, and I'm not there yet. Can, can anybody relate to this, or am I just like totally out of sync? Okay. So we're trying to, I want to connect God. I don't want to just read something. I don't want to just do a daily devotion. I don't have daily devotion with Mary. I want to connect with her. So I'm reading it, and I get to Psalm 27, verse 4, and turn there, because I read the first few verses, or first few words, and it connected. One thing I ask of the Lord, and I stopped there, because we connected. It's the thing where it kind of lights up on the page or something excites in your spirit or you read it and go, I haven't ever read that that way. I, somehow, and whatever works for you, we connect. So I got to Psalm 27, 4. One thing I asked of the Lord. Boom. At last. And now word. So then when I get the now word, it's like, okay, what do I ask God? What's my one thing? And that's the question and the teaching today. If you don't get anything else from today, here's what I want you to get. What do you ask God? I know usually I give you something to take home, like you can, you know, think about or some, build on, maybe some kind of maybe insight or something. What I want you to go home with today, if you don't go home with anything else, if you tune me out from here on out, which is your privilege, what do you ask God? Getting a now word from God is so life-giving. To bring life to a Bible verse, it means, you know, God, you bring me some kind of understanding or insight and a connection with you that I didn't have before. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. When we read the Bible, it isn't about reading a manual for how to be good. Hello? I mean, there's a lot of good self-help books out there. There's a lot of things that say if you think positive and all that sort of stuff, and those are good. And the Bible says that too. We just saying God is so good. But if that's all it is to us... If that's all we're asking God, we're living below the level he desires for us. Because it's living and active. Psalm 27.4a, the first six words, can mean something different to me a week from now than they do right when I read this. Because it's living. It gets applied differently. Anybody who's struggling with the Bible being boring, has not yet discovered rhema, the now word. What are you saying to me today, right now, for where I live and what I'm doing, the stuff that's going on in my life, what are you saying to me? What do you want to show me about who you are, what our relationship looks like? 
That's where this comes from, the now word. What are you saying to me right now? It isn't just a textbook to learn about God. And a lot of the church kind of teaches that. It's not to collect more information. We don't become more impactful Christians simply because we collect more information about God. Amen? If you've read the book, who knew more about God than anybody? Pharisees. And they missed God. They knew all about it, but they missed God because this book is living and active. Hello? That was underwhelming. I'll give you another chance. This book is living and active. It's applicable right now for whatever you're dealing with, however you're dealing with it, the things you want to know about, the things you desire, the things you don't know about and want to learn. God says it's living and active. Thank you. It was never intended to be a book about wonderful people and totally screwed up people that we read about like we watched some kind of a made-for-TV movie. It's meant to interact with us, to help us to know, to, to live a life that is so distinctly different that the world will look at us and say, why are you that way? What do you ask God? One thing I ask of the Lord, what is the one thing you ask God? Yeah, I've said it a lot, and you're going to hear me say it a few more times. Because stopping and thinking about what kind of dialogue do we actually have. When you have chatting dialogue at work or at the grocery store, checking out with the, uh, the, the clerk at, at the department store or something, we don't really think about what we're talking about. It's just something you kind of do. It's a polite thing to say. But when we're asking God, he says, what do you ask God? It has substance and content. What does our dialogue usually sound like? When we ask him, what are we asking for? If we're honest, most of us, most of the time, ask for stuff. That's what we ask for. Fix my spouse. Fix my kids. Fix my job. Give me more money. Make the things that are unpleasant go away. Can you do this for me, God? That's what a lot of our dialogue is about. It could, but it can even be good things. God, heal this person. Bring someone that I know that I love and care about into relationship with you. But most of our dialogue with God is asking. That's what prayer is for most of us most of the time. This one thing I ask. What is it we ask? Now, we've all been around little children. I'm a grandparent seven times over. For those of you who are not quite there yet, it's the best. It really is. You get all the good stuff and just almost none of the bad stuff. It's just so cool. You've been around really little kids. The kid's like two to four. What's the relationship with that child like? It is all about them. It is me every day, all the time, 24 hours, me. That's what a relationship with a two- or four-year-old is like. Feed me, help me, find me, 
don't find me. Give to me, take care of me. Me, me, me. Me all the time. Me 24 hours. That's what relationship with a little kid's like. There's nothing wrong with that. But that same behavior from a 12 or a 14-year-old, eh, not quite so fun. The people that are smiling, may God's grace rest on you. This, this too shall pass. It will be more fun later, I promise. When it's 22 to 24, it's getting kind of ugly. Same behavior we thought was so cute at 2 is kind of not so cute at 22. And if it gets to 42 and we're still, it's all about me. Now we're getting like, man, there's like psychiatric counseling that can help you because it ain't all about you. If you haven't figured that out in 40 years, you need to talk to someone who can help move you. Yeah? And yet, this one thing I ask, what is it we're asking God If our dialogue with God is just about asking, I want to suggest maybe it's time to grow up. What do grown-up relationships, healthy, adult, grown-up relationships look like? It's about relational connection, things that are important to us. Fortunately, the rest of this verse gives us some input as to what might be helpful for us. If you're following in your phones and not, and not playing some game or reading Facebook or something, turn back to Psalm 27.4. Well, you laugh, but I know some of you do because I've seen it. And I don't condemn you for that. But it's pretty ugly when you're not actually two. Just a thought. 27.4 says this, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his, the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. The most life-giving conversations we have are relational. It's not about stuff. It's about us. You could amen there and that'd be a good thing. We connect with people when we talk about what's going on of substance in their life. How do you feel about your work? Not how bad was your work or what spreadsheet couldn't you figure out, but how do you feel about your work? What's going on in your work? What's happening in your life? What is God saying to you recently? How did you do on your vacation? Did you get to relax? Did you get to enjoy it? We're connecting with something about who they are, not what they do, and vice versa, because the best conversations are two-way. Yeah? I mean... I love, well, I just want to check because, you know, like if we go have coffee, I don't want to listen to you for a half an hour. I want to get in on it and I want some of it to come back the other way because that's how the best conversations work. I care about you. You care about me. We share about things of substance back and forth. What if we did that with God? This one thing I ask, this is what I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We don't get really connected dialogue with everybody. 
Some people just don't want it. Some people aren't interested. Some people can't handle it. Some people won't take the time for it. But if those types of conversations where somebody genuinely cares about you and you care about them and you share about things of substance in your life aren't happening, we're missing out on the very best part of life. And I want to suggest if we're not having that with God, we're missing the very best part of relationship with God. I'm not saying you're not saved, okay? You're going to get to go to heaven. This is about quality of life, not about your, your eternal destination. And if we're not having that connective relationship where we share with God and God shares with us. Just a thought. Asking God for things is totally necessary and appropriate. But the things are not intended to be central to our relationship with God. Whether you get your raise or not is not central to your relationship with God. I'm sorry, it may feel like that, but it isn't. Whether you get everything you want, whether the person in the, in the apartment next to you who plays their music way too loud and their dog barks and everything doesn't move, even though you prayed and asked God to get them to move, is not central to your relationship with God. It's sharing heart to heart about who we are. And it is designed to go both ways. What do you ask God? In this verse, the one thing asked for is relationship. There are three pictures of what this looks like. Now, I have Bible, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher. I got Bible verses for all this stuff. But I want to chat with you today relationally more than give you a bunch of Bible verses. If you're dying to know them, I can give you them. Next week, when the thing I've, I've already got ready to go, I will give you Bible verses. So just so you know, it's all there. That matters to me. First thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. The house of the Lord may mean different things to different people. And that's okay. That's part of a now word. But I suggest that living in God's house means we are part of his family. One of the things God wants to talk about with us is family business. Now, I know we've all grown all grown up in some sort of family thing. But one of the things, when you've gotten to be my age, that I notice doesn't happen as much, for those who don't know, I'm 65, just so you know, and you're not sitting here thinking, I wonder how old he is. Family dinners. And may I add, family dinners without devices. It started even when I was a kid. They invented things called TV dinners. You could get a little tray. They would uh, warm this thing up in the stove at that time, or maybe in microwave if you were pretty wealthy or something. You'd put it in there, and you'd get this little dinner of cardboard product, and you'd call that dinner, and you'd sit in front of a TV with little trays and watch TV, and that was big, the beginning of breakdown of family dinners. Because now we were focused on this tube rather than relating to each other. Hello? But what happened at family dinners? 
we actually talked to each other about stuff. How was your day at work? Did it go well? Son, how are things going for you? What happened today on the playground or whatever? But there was direct eye-to-eye contact and dialogue about things that were going on in our lives. And being part of the family, we just celebrated the Lord's table. I think that's such an interesting thing that we call it that. Pardon me. We call it that. Because when we sit at the table, the family chats and we talk about stuff. How are things? We've got a family budget issue. We've got to talk about it a little bit. That happened in our family and most families I know at the dinner table. We talked about stuff. God's house, I want to suggest, means for us family. What happens, or at least what ought to happen, because I know our families aren't all really functioning real well. I'm blessed to have had a pretty good nuclear family. I'm Christian. My family's Christian on one side for six generations that I know with certainty, three with the other. Our family stayed together. My mom worked part-time so she could be home more. Kind of like when Mary met me, she called my, my, my parents Ozzie and Harriet. For those of you who are really old, it's one of these like wholesome 1950s TV show families that where everything kind of worked out. And by the end of the half hour show, everybody got along and all the problems were fixed and it was wonderful. And I did have a pretty good family. And we did talk about stuff and they asked about things. And sometimes like, oh, I don't anything. Nope, yeah, have dinner, you stay here, you deal with it, we talk about it. That's what we do. We get to be ourselves. We don't have to go do something else. When family sits down, we get to be ourselves. Mary doesn't cease to be family when we sit down there. She might be a little louder, a little more expressive, a little bit more animated. Okay, way more of all those things than me. She's helped me because I've sat with a lot of tables to be that way more. I've helped her to be a little more considered sometimes. And we're better because of it, because that's what families do. We do it together. We get to be ourselves. But we also have the responsibility to let the other family members be themselves. Because it isn't all about me, because I'm not two anymore. What if we had time with God and God got to be himself with us? What would that sound like? Cute when we're two, me, 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 all about me. Give, give, take, take, care, care. Not so cute at 42. What would happen if our dialogues became, what would it be like to be you, God? What do you want to say here now? What do you think about how things are going? We get to express what we think. What if God got to express what he thought? Once in a while we had some things with our girls and, and, and we'd say something about them that was really positive at the dinner table. Oh, no, and it's all, you know, I don't want to hear that. It's all mushy and, yo, yuck. And then if you added a guy into the table who was about 12, then it got even worse for the kids. 
But what if God got to share what he thinks about you in your conversation? Come on. We just sang this song. Fabulous song. So perfect. God is good. All this stuff about how awesome God is. What if this amazingly good God got to say in a conversation family with you, sit down and go, Dawson, dude, let's talk a little bit. Do you realize how spectacular I think you are? Do you understand when I was thinking about creating you in your mother's womb, I had some ideas and you've turned into all of them and you haven't seen all of what I've desired to do in your life. I love your smile. I love how excited you get about everything because so many people go through life kind of like anesthetized, medicated, And you live it. And I love that about you. What if we had a conversation with God and he got to say what he thought? Because that's what families do at the table. We get to be what we want at the family table, but everybody else gets to be what they want. Mary doesn't have to perform for me in order to make me happy when we're at the family table. She may choose to do that, like I can choose to do that, but then it's a choice. It isn't something that's compelled. What if God sat down and he got to be God, Papa, Father, God with you? Do you think maybe your time together with God might change just a little bit? Being part of God's family means we get the benefits and the responsibility of relational connection to the other family members, including God. What do you ask God? Second thing, little phrase, gives us a glimpse into what he's asking for. To gaze on the beauty of the Lord. Winston Churchill said this, The great thing is to get the true picture, whatever it is. What if we got a true picture of who God is? Most of us are impacted by Father God because of how our fathers and grandfather tended to interact with us. What if we got a true picture of what God the Father, Papa God, would do when he interacted with you? See, getting the picture of family means our conversation is going to change. Hello? There's a lot of dinner tables. I went to some people's houses, and Dad dominated the table. Or Mom dominated the table. And they talked, and they were always right, and they were opinionated. And it wasn't really fun to do that. But we have the best Papa in the entire history of the universe. When he starts to have dialogue, it's a good thing. Our conversation will change. Because, see, when we sit down and talk with someone of substance, have a substantive dialogue, we're not talking about balancing the checkbook. 
We're talking about how do you feel about where things are at in your life? You've been having this challenge with a person. How's it going? Man, that was a really difficult thing you had with family the last week. How are you feeling inside? What's going on? How can I help? God, what's your heart feel like with the stuff that's going on in our nation right now? What's on your heart? Everybody likes to talk politics. How religious are y'all today? Can I poke it a little bit? I think God will talk to you about the maple leaves. When I came up here, I knew zero about hockey because Southern California, even though we had Wayne Gretzky for a while, we don't do hockey. That's like on page 17 of the sports section. Like, what is hockey? We have Magic Johnson. Let's talk about hockey. I came up here and learned about hockey so I could talk about that. I learned how to play golf. I never played golf in my life, and I had about seven or eight guys in, in, in our church that if you didn't know what Tiger Woods did on that weekend, they wouldn't even know how to talk to you. I am unable to communicate. Oh, golf, I can talk. I am unable to. Oh, golf, yeah, ask me about it. I can tell you what happened on the 13th hole in his first putt. But because we're family, I do care. And I learned how to play golf. I broke 90 once. Got a hole in one. Seriously. I have the trophy to show you. Family cares about stuff. We're going to interact and share things that are important in our lives. We encourage each other. We validate each other. We are interested in what they think. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord includes going beyond asking God for stuff. Hello? When you're two, it's cute. When you're 52, it ain't cute no more. It's still necessary. God says you can ask. We're supposed to ask for all kinds of things. But it doesn't stop there. Are you hearing me? We've got this one narrow window or parameter, maybe that's better than window, of we can talk with God about this, but we don't really talk to God about that unless we're saying, God, come and fix my job, come and fix my finances, fix my spouse, fix my kids, whatever. We can ask for that, but other than that, we don't really talk to God about stuff. God, my heart hurts. I said that thing this person and I'm not doing very good today I love you, I'm intact as a human being, I've got that I know you love me I know you have my back, I always have hope in you, I know those truths, that's intact but my emotions today I'm having a hard time can God speak to you into that what would happen if God said I'm having a hard time with what's happening in your city or your job, or your neighborhood? What if he got to share his heart? Because that's when we start to have really connected relationship, when two beings 
Because we're made in the image of God. doesn't mean we all look like him. It means we have the same heart, we have the same desire, we have the same hopes, we have the same long-term vision. What if we started connecting heart to heart and he got to be a part of it? What do you ask God? Last thing. To seek him in his temple. A.W. Tozier is a a well-known Christian writer, and he said this thing. God is never found accidentally. Think about it. God is never found accidentally. We don't have relationship unless it's intentional. Hanny and I met a long time ago. I don't know how to exactly count back, but about maybe eight years ago, we decided we're going to meet once a month. We're going to be intentional because I didn't really know him. When we did all these prayer things, him, uh, he and Mary were more in the same area of ministry, and I was hanging out with other people because I don't really do those things that they do very well. It wasn't really personally interesting, but I'm supporting her, being a good husband. Yay, Rob. We decided to be intentional and meet. And over time, we talked about stuff that was difficult and stuff that was good. And how are we dealing with this person? And what happened in the month since we last talked about how things are going? Intentional. We are not going to have a connected relationship with God if we are not distinctly intentional. You will get too busy. And everybody said, oh, my And if you do, and you're busy, I want to suggest, and I'm not saying don't do this, but reading a, what's one of those things you read every day? Daily bread or something. Reading daily bread, talking to God for two minutes, and reading one verse or chapter or phrase in the Bible is not going to get you connected with God. Doesn't mean you're not going to be saved. Doesn't mean you're not going to be a Christian. You will not have connected relationship with God. Why? Because it's all one way and we're not actually talking about stuff. We have to talk about substance in order to have connected relationship. Jeremiah 29, 13 says this, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If it's a casual thing, hey, Hanny, let's see if we can get together. You know this guy's schedule. That is never going to happen this side of heaven. He's, he's connected and busy and doing things. Now we have a once-a-week meeting, and we're pretty good about it. If he's in town and I'm in town, we meet on Friday morning, and we talk for a couple hours. Sometimes we talk about you guys even. Not very often, but once in a while. God, how's Dawson doing? I seem like, you know, he's doing good. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's doing pretty good. Yeah, way to go, man. Where can we plug this guy in so he can do more of that? But mostly we talk about us, stuff, the things that connect in relationship. If you are not intentional about being with God, you will not have a connected relationship with him. 
If we can't do it with people we can see that can get out their calendars, that can say, I will meet you at this time, for this, at this place, for this amount of time, and it will do it consistently, we are not going to do it with a God we cannot see, we really don't fully understand, we aren't really sure how it works or what he has to say, it is not going to happen. I'm not cursing you, I'm saying this is a fact. We aren't going to have a relationship with God that's meaningful. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Any quality relationship. Forget about God for just a second. You won't have quality relationship with people in our church community unless you're intentional to say, we're going to get together. I give Faraz a ride home from a cell group and calls his mom and Golnaz says, I want, him, I want him to come up. Okay, I have the option of saying, I want to go home, or I'm going to be intentional about meeting Golnaz and talking with her and spending long time. Lots of tea. Thank you. Relationship doesn't happen unless we're intentional. We'll have connections, but not intentional relationship. God wants to have intentional, meaningful relationship with every single person here. Time at church is not necessarily intentional time with God. You can sing those songs like I sing with songs from 1970 on the radio because I know the words. I'm not connecting with them. I'm just singing words. I can also say, God is so good, and I can go, okay, God, you are good. Right now, you are good to me. And I can move from singing a word to a, a relational connection with God in the song. And we have outstanding worship people that pick songs that are very easy to connect with. Or we can just sing. You can be sitting here, and it's like you've got two and a half minutes left. You have to listen to me, and then I'm going to let you go. Or you can somewhere in all of what I've talked about say, God, what do you want to say to me? When I go hear anybody talk, that's what I do. I always have the, the Bible. Where do you want it? What are you going to say to me? What do you want to talk in here? What do you want to say to me? Out of all this stuff that's getting said, what do you want to say to me? What's on your heart? Because that's what friends who connect do. Quiet times. Do you have them every day? Probably not. A few of you maybe do. Good for you. Going through a repetitive practice with just to get through it so you can check something off to get on to the next thing on your day is not connecting with God. It's the time of saying, what do you want to say to me? He says, put the book down. Let's talk. Can I tell you about the tree I made that's right outside your door? Do you know how cool that works? Let me just talk to you about trees for a while. Could you have a conversation with God about trees? Okay, for those of you who just think I've just gone over the edge, I haven't. It may feel like it, but that's okay. To have a meaningful relationship with people and with God requires time, energy, and focus. David wrote in the book of Psalms, chapter 27, verse 4, One thing I ask of God, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord, and to seek him in his temple. People of City River, look up from whatever you're looking at. I got one minute left. 
What do you ask God? What do you ask God? What are you talking with him about? One thing I ask. What do you ask him? Father, I thank you for this amazing group of people. What an honor to walk together. And I ask that something that got said today, Holy Spirit, you would take it and you would plant it in each person to say, I want more. I want more. And God, whatever it takes, whatever needs to be shifted, whatever learning, teaching, quiet time, cutting out of schedules that it takes, I ask that you would empower by the... The willingness and the strength of Holy Spirit to say, I am going to have relationship with God. May the Lord bless you. And may you have a chatty weekend and a chatty week with a God who loves to talk to his kids. Have a good one. If you'd like to receive prayer, if you have any questions, come up afterwards. There's some people who'd love to pray with you and talk with you.